are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let me just say, what a welcome back, huh? That was a great one by me. But welcome into the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. I'm your host, Miller Thomas, the always wonderful and might I add handsome host of this podcast, multimedia journalist and graphic designer. So please, Go check out my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we are talking about last night's Diamondbacks loss against the Los Angeles Angels. We're going to be revisiting the Zach Granke trade since the D-backs face him today. And I'll tell you who Bleacher Report gave an honorable mention to as some great Diamondbacks defenders. But first... Your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44. Your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks are listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, salary to the most reasonable round. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Let's jump right into it. And let's first talk about last, last night's Diamondbacks loss. The D-backs offense has been looking better in recent games, but last night was not the case. The D-backs offense struggled some last night. They still got eight hits last night, which is pretty good, but they left nine men on base. There were only four for 11 with runners in scoring position, which is not really all that bad when you really look at the, the average of that because baseball is the only sport we go one for three, and you're a Hall of Famer, so four for 11 is actually a pretty solid average. It's all right, but this D-backs offense didn't do a ton last night. We only got two extra base hits last night, no home runs, so the scoring was a little bit harder to come by. Only three earned runs, but we did see the D-backs come alive later in the game. In the top of the fourth, they scored. The top of the fifth and the top of the ninth, they scored, but this was really a game about the D-backs pitching in this one, and specifically Alex Young. Alex Young really struggled in this one. He only went two and a third inning, and he gave up six earned runs during that time, eight hits. Alex Young just got completely shelled in this one, and he gave up three first inning runs. First, a sacrifice fly to Mike Trout, then a Rendon two-run shot in the bottom of the first inning. So Alex Young did not give himself a chance in this one. He started off poorly. Three earned runs in that first inning, as I just said, with the home run. That's not what you want to see. And this Angels offense last night was pretty good all around. Seven runs scored. They had 14 hits in this one. He had a Rendon home run. He had a Rendon double, two Ward doubles, and a Fletcher double. So a little bit of everything from everyone in this game. The only person who didn't get hit for the Angels last night is Justin Upton. And I know you guys remember who Justin Upton is because... He's a former Diamondback himself. He had some pretty good years with the Diamondbacks. That's when he was really a budding superstar is when I think he was a, a Arizona Diamondback. I think you can make the case his best seasons were with the Arizona Diamondbacks because 
you look at the majority of his career, he's been pretty up and down since he left the team. But with the D-backs, you know, he's a real 25 home run kind of guy, 20 steal kind of guy. And he hasn't been as much in the in the speed department since leaving the D-backs. But he has been a pretty good player throughout the majority of his career nonetheless. But I really enjoyed him when he was a, a, a Diamondback. I thought that was really good. Justin Upton, I wish he was still on the team. They could really use him right now, but this offense didn't come through last night. The pitching was bad last night. We tried to put Alex Young out there for the second inning, and it was the same results in the first inning. Another three runs scored. You had a Walsh sacrifice fly to start it off, just like Mike Trout. And then you had a Trout single to right that scored Simmons, moved Fletcher to third, and then Ben Boom hit a sacrifice fly to center to score Pujols. So this was just a good all-around effort for the Angels last night. And they're a team that wants to get better. They're a team that has Mike Trout, a generational talent. A lot of guys consider him the best, you know, overall player in baseball. And I've always said, if you guys listen to this podcast for a while, you guys know I think Mike Trout's one of the most overrated players in baseball history. I'm not saying he's not arguably the best player in the in baseball right now i'm not saying he's not the arguably the best player in baseball right now but if you're telling me he's the greatest player uh since jackie robinson since the modern era i think you're just wrong if you already think mike trout through 10 years is the goat then i think you're just wrong look at his playoff career i know you're going to say oh well you know it's baseball one guy can only do so much that's true but when he got to the playoffs he had one hit he has one hit through 10 years of his MLB career. You know how many all-time greats can also say that? Go look at the ESPN rankings of the top 50 greatest players of all time. Only two other guys on that list even have a, a career similar to Mike Trout where they went to the playoffs one time through nine years of their career. And both of those guys got more than one hit in their playoff run. Actually, one of them won the World Series during that time. And the other one went to the World Series. So Mike Trout by any way you want to look at it, is the most least accomplished all-time great, top 50 all-time great ever. Any all-time great top 50 player, Mike Trout's the least accomplished when it comes to the postseason. He does not have the resume. So I think for that reason, you have to say Mike Trout's a little overrated. How much is he actually helping you with the wins and losses? I know his stats are gaudy, but I think a lot of times we just look at his war, and that's the why we give him this proclamation of being the best player in baseball. I think sometimes the counting are sometimes all we need to look at, and I'm tired of looking at war. I think that's a lot of of him just playing the center field position, which is one of the weakest positions in baseball. Yes, is it harder to play defensively? That is true. But it's wins above replacement. And a lot of times those replacement level players are just worse than those corner outfield positions. That's one of the reasons why a shortstop has a higher war on average because they're just less talent at that position. And war is also a stat that gets calculated differently when you look at different websites. So it's a hypothetical stat that I already can't take that seriously. I don't, I'm not a guy who likes these hypothetical stats. I feel like baseball has gone too much into them. You look at WABA, expected batting averages, all these stats telling you what should have happened in this situation for this player. I like the stats that tell you that actually happened. What are they actually doing on average? Not what they could have done. What are they actually doing? And I think sometimes we just try to put... We try to say luck it gets too much involved. I think we try to use the luck excuse too much. So for that reason, Mike Trout, I think, is grossly overrated. He's not. I'm not saying he's not the best player in baseball, but if you're trying to tell me he's the greatest player of all time, 
You're just wrong. I mean, look at his teammate, Albert Pujols. Go look at his stats for the first 10 years of his career. You can make the case Pujols was better. I always thought Miguel Cabrera was better than Mike Trout. Obviously, he couldn't play the defense that Mike Trout could. But I think as an offensive player, a guy who I want in the middle of my lineup, I'm taking Miguel Cabrera over Mike Trout all day, every day. And if you just look at some of the stats in the second half of the season, Mike Trout numbers go down while Miguel Cabrera's numbers go up. I don't think Mike Trout's as good of a high-leverage player. And he doesn't. he's not in a lot of high-leverage situations, not in a lot of high-pressure moments. I don't know if Mike Trout could live up to it. I'm not saying he can't, but the data so far suggests that he's not the same guy he is in the first half of the season, earlier in the season, as he is later in the season. And maybe that's why he only has one hit in the postseason. So we'll see if Mike Trout can ever change my mind on that. But last night's game, big uh, missed opportunity for the D-backs. Not even a missed opportunity because they're not really playing for anything. Just a bad loss for the D-backs. Pitching looks bad. Alex Young looked bad last night. You don't like to see that. He looked so good last year, but now he just has a 5-4-4 ERA on the season after being shelled in last night's game. But D-backs are hopefully uh, get back on track tonight because I'll be previewing the game against the Houston Astros pretty soon. you got Zach Allen on the mound going against former Arizona Diamondbacks pitcher Zach Greinke. But first, talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Medication is appropriate. Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The process, the whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash XXX and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be a tough used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today with to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnMLB today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnMLB. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnMLB. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to it. And I actually want to talk about tonight's game and specifically just the matchup between Zach Allen and Zach Greinke because Gallen recently has started to show some mortality. He's starting to show that he's not Superman. He's actually coming back to life because just two starts ago, his ERA was at 1.8, but now it's at that 3.15 after a couple bad starts. He's given up 11 earned runs in his last two starts, over 10 innings. And his start on September 7th against the Giants, he only went five innings, gave up four earned runs, still struck out six. But against the Mariners on September 12th, it did not look like the Zach Gallen we're used to. 
gave up seven hits, seven earned runs, and he walked five guys, giving up two home runs. It was the first game all season where Gallon gave up multiple home runs. It was the first game all season where Gallon gave up more than four earned runs, and it was just the worst start I've seen yet from Zach Gallon. And it, maybe it, it gives you a little pause from, for concern that Zach Gallon is coming back to earth, but I still think this guy is the the ace of the staff. I still think we have nothing to worry about. Yes, he scuffled the last two starts, but am I worried? Do I think Zach Allen all of a sudden is going to look like Madison Bumgarner or Robbie Ray on the staff? No. I think he had a couple bad starts, but I think he can get it going against his, uh, against his Houston Astros team, who is not clicking on all cylinders right now. Their offense has struggled a little bit. They want to get back into it. They want to score some more runs, and they're going to try to do it against his Diamondbacks team. The D-backs on the season have done pretty good against the Astros. They won two out of the last three. The last time they faced off against each other, that was really the time where the the, the D-backs, after facing the Astros, that's when they kind of took off at that little stretch of games where they won, like, what, 11 of 13 games, something like that. And that's when, after they played the Astros, when they took off and they started winning some ball games. So maybe... Another series against the Astros can restart that again for this Diamondback squad. So we'll see if they could do that tonight. But what I really want to talk about this game, I really want to revisit that Zach Greinke trade and see what the D-backs got back from it and really just evaluate it because Zach Greinke, since being traded from uh, since being traded from the Arizona Diamondbacks, has been dynamite. And he was even good that last season with the D-backs. Really, his last three years. We all remember Zach Greinke being, coming off uh, when he got the contract. We remember him having a pretty poor start to his Diamondbacks tenure. He was coming off a previous year of a 1-6-6 ERA with the Los Angeles Dodgers in 2015. He led the league that season in ERA. He looked like a, a superstar that season. We really thought he was going to win the Cy Young that year. He finished second, but it was a phenomenal year for Zach Greinke that season. And so the D-backs decided to give Greinke a boatload of money. And Greinke didn't live up to expectations the very next season. It was 2016, and he only had a 4-3-7 year rate that season. He did not look like normal. Greinke gave up 77 earned runs that year compared to 41 just the year prior and some of his other counting numbers were just not as good as strikeouts per nine went down his walks per nine went up and they're just not the same Zach Greinke that we were accustomed to he gave up 23 home runs compared to just 14 the previous year but you look at the next three seasons for Zach Greinke he had a 3-2 ERA 3-2-1 ERA then a 2-9-3 ERA and all three of those years with the D-backs he went over 200 innings and that third year was actually just a half year with the Diamondbacks because he got traded in the middle of the season at the deadline. But still, two years with over 200 innings. And that third year, he would have gone over 200 innings if he didn't get traded. And he was actually putting the strikeout, and he actually got his strikeout numbers back up too. 2017, he had 215 strikeouts, 199 in 2018. And then 2019, was 187 so he's actually been a pretty decent strikeout guy the last three years as well and since he's gotten traded to the Astros he's looked he stayed consistently uh, dynamite he had a 2-9 
ERA before he got traded, a 3.02 ERA after. And now in 2020, he's 36 years old and his ERA is still pretty solid. Only 3.77 on the year, but strikeouts per nine is 8.3, actually higher than last season. His walk rate's the same, so a lot of his other counting numbers are still pretty similar. So it's still pretty good Zach Greinke out there on the mound. And it makes me wonder... Did the D-backs actually get a good return for Zach Greinke? Because if you guys remember, they got Corbin Martin, J.B. Burskakis, Seth Beer, and Josh Rojas. And right now, Corbin Martin is still recovering for Tommy John surgery. He hasn't pitched yet for this D-backs organization after pitching in 2019. He had 19 innings pitched, five games started. He didn't look... Uh, tremendous, but he's still a young guy, only 24 years old. So hopefully he makes it to the D-backs uh, staff soon. And then you also got J.B. Berskakis, who was acquired in that deal. Prior to 2019, he was voted as the 97th best prospect, according to MLB.com. And right now, 2019, he didn't look phenomenal. He actually struggled pretty heavily in 2019. He was good in 2018. He had a 3-3-3 ERA for the Scottsdale Arizona Fall League in 2018. So he was looking pretty good in that area. And then in the high A in high A and low A ball, and even a little bit double A in 2018, he also had a 2-1-4 ERA. So Arizona Fall League and whatever minor league system as part of the D-backs affiliate he pitched in in 2018, he looked pretty good. But then in 2019, it looked a little bit different for him. He had a 5 4 ERA in 2019. He didn't look like the same guy. He had struggles with his command and some of his pitches. And so that makes you wonder if J.B. Berskakis can still be a guy who can live up to that billing of being a top 100 prospect for 2019. So at least there's still hope with a guy like him. But really the best guy I like that was acquired by the D backs is Seth Beer. Now, I don't know where he's going to pitch in this lineup or not pitch. I don't know where he's going to hit in this lineup. He's a first baseman prospect. I like Christian Walker there right now. Hopefully, uh, we see the DH spot be kept in baseball. I really like the DH spot. So this way, Seth Beer could play DH. Maybe they have someone else playing DH like Christian Walker could do a rotation. We'll see if they keep Eduardo Escobar. Maybe uh, Seth Beer can move to a corner infield spot. But 2019, he was pretty good for the Arizona Fall League. Batted 315. Only had one home run, but he only played 19 games, 80 played appearances. But in 2019, in high A and double A, he batted 289, batted 26 home runs, and over 100 ribbies. So this is definitely a power guy in the middle of your lineup that could do some damage. And so when I look at the trade that the D-backs got and the return that they got, I, I still think it was a pretty good deal for uh, Zach Greinke. I believe they got three of the top five Houston Astros prospects. We'll see if Corbin Martin, we'll see what he looks like post-Tommy John. We'll see how good J.B. Berskakis really is. I mean, he's a pretty highly touted prospect. Hopefully, it was just a poor 2019 season. We'll see if Seth Beer will ever be able to crack the lineup, but he's definitely a guy who seems to could hit for average and has power. And then Josh Rojas has been a pretty good utility guy for the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's still pretty young himself, only 26 years old. He's not a guy who has been a superstar by any stretch of the imagination he's been pretty bad this season but he's still an extra bat he's still a guy who can provide that utility depth for you so you always like that but overall I don't mind the deal at all I think for an aging pitcher with still a lot of money left on his deal I thought it was a good overall deal for Mike Hazen and the Arizona Diamondbacks now I did mention early in the show who Bleach Report had an who Blue Report had as an honorable mention as great defensive players 
on this D-back squad. And it's because Bleacher Report had a ranking of the best defender at every position in Major League Baseball. Not doing AL versus NL. Just overall Major League Baseball, the best defender at every position. And no, and no Diamondbacks got the nod, but two of them did get an honorable mention. David Peralta got an honorable mention as the best defensive left fielder. And Cole Calhoun got honorable mention as the best defensive right fielder. So those two I was pretty shocked to see. I know they're both good at defense. I know they got a couple of gold gloves, but I didn't think they would get that much respect. So I would just want to shout out Bleach Report for putting some respect on the Diamondbacks names for how good they could play defense because that is one calling called one calling card for the D-backs uh, team. They will always play some solid defense. That's it for this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. It's Friday, so go back and listen to the rest of the of this week's podcast. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy out there. Peace!